Glad to have you here with me on episode 243. Being out of control with your food choices doesn't always mean you act like a heroin addict around food. It can simply mean that you know what you should be doing, but instead you're eating sugary, savory, or fast food too often, knowing it will make you feel like crap. What has become a toxic, codependent relationship with food can feel like an impossible cycle to get yourself out of. Remember, you're not alone because we've all been there, including me. It took me years to gain back full control without feeling restricted or deprived. And you know what? Sometimes I'm a human too. But you can achieve it and you can get there. And so on today's episode, we'll introduce you to a range of tools and practically applicable ways of changing your relationship with food, ending your emotional binge and overeating tendencies, and ideally showing you what you should be prioritizing in your development in order to create freedom with your food. And it might surprise you to know that it's not always willpower and refusing to eat the food that you really want to eat. More on that later. Plus, we've got a few confessions from some health professionals on this episode. (laughs) So if you'd like to be in control of your food choices and be able to create a healthy body as a result, then this episode is a necessary piece of that puzzle for you. So let's dive in. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. Hey, what's up, my healthy friends? Here we are with part two of the fantastic conversation that unfolded with emotional eating and sugar freedom coach Danielle Dame and myself discussing the intricacies of how we work as professionals in the emotional binge and overeating space and what we think are the most helpful perspectives to hold and the best ways to change this problem for yourself. And as you know, in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. And if you've listened to part one of this conversation over on episode 241, and you're here thinking, yes, I need support fixing this. I need accountability. I've tried a load of times by myself, but I need some help then please scroll down to the show notes below and you can send me the word program directly to my Facebook Messenger and we can have a conversation about our emotional eating and body confidence program, book you in for a call, get to know you and see if it's a right fit for you. And then we'll be able to have the opportunity to work on this with you and you can be one of the 500 people that we work with this year to change your health and improve your relationship with food and get more out of life. So if you'd love to do that, remember, scroll to the show notes below, click the link to message me on Facebook Messenger, send me the word program, and we'll kick things off. If you want to hear the whole conversation that we had here, feel free to bounce over to part one on episode 241. But if you're here for part two, then without further ado, let's dive in. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, what's the craziest thing you've ever found sugar in? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, added sugar. Craziest thing I've ever seen added sugar in. Oh, I, I feel even like know. I saw I just, one the other day and I can't, I can't remember it. Yeah. I mean, I just, everything, <laughs> literally <laughs> just, I mean, like, potato chips have sugar additives. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember like, I don't know, but this boggled my mind, like, um, like prepackaged herbal tea, like Tetley tea or oh, whatever. Yes. I remember being like, what? They're adding sugar into the, like, I don't even get to add my own sugar to the tea now. It's like already built in. And a lot of them um, disguise it when it comes to the tea world um, as honey. Oh, for sure. 
For sure. <laughs> and people I, are like, honey's natural. Honey, honey and tea go together. It's organic like, honey. <laughs> yeah. So sugar. <laughs> organic vegan honey. Put that one on. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, what about you? Addiction versus emotional eating. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one because like when yeah, when I first think about it, like it it to me it feels different. Like to me, sugar addiction is a physical situation is like a physical, obviously there's a cellular reaction going on from the gut into like, you know, the, the blood sugar spike dopamine hits like the whole flood of like addictive dopamine that hits when you physically eat. So that's like the physical piece to me. It's like the very physical addiction, which is very real, very real. Um, and to me, like the emotional eating piece is not physical. It, mm-hmm. Like you feel emotions, obviously in the body, but the reason you're like emotional eating is because of the thought pattern, right? Of the, the like mm-hmm. thought emotion of like, I need to get out of this discomfort in my body. So it's more like the mental emotional piece yeah. um, that's driving you to eat sugar, as opposed to like your gut bacteria going, feed me sugar. So that <laughs> like, to me, that's like the, the addiction piece, like the dopamine and the, and the, like the, you know, the brain hijacking that takes place when we're over, over consuming sugar. Yeah. And the emotional. And then, yeah, of course, like you can be exactly, you can be emotional eating on anything, right? Like mm-hmm. when I find myself actually last night, you'll laugh at this. <laughs> yeah. Last night I was doing an 18 hour fast and I, I think I ate at like three 30 or I like to do it in the evening, like skip dinner. And I was, I actually made, I made a food cause I had to do some meal prep later. I wasn't eating any of it, but often that's hard for me, like to meal plan. And I just don't even think about it. And I'll like, just take a taste of something or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm like, crap, I was <laughs> fasting, but I did. I, I, I just like, there was cantaloupe cut up in the fridge because Ben was taking it today with him. And I just like grabbed two squares and I was like, oh crap. Like I was totally, I wasn't hungry. I didn't need to eat. I was like, I just saw it and it looked good. And I had two pieces. I just didn't even think of it. I was like, oh man, I caught myself. And then the old me would have been like, well, all bets are off. I'm going to like, just make dinner and eat popcorn and forget it. I'm not fasting. <laughs> <laughs> but I put it back in the fridge and I caught myself and I was like, Oh boy, like that just happens so easily. Right. Like the subconscious eating when we see it. Right. Or when mm-hmm. we snack, like think of that, right. When things are out on the counter, this is a yeah. great hack. Anybody like leaves food on the counter, stop doing that. You're going to see yeah. it and you want to eat it. Right? Like you're going to be picking at like the snack bowl or obviously if you have kids that might, I don't know. I don't, I don't work a lot with moms, but that might be a bit different. Like maybe it's nice to always have healthy snacks around or train your kids to eat at regular mealtimes. I don't know. I'm not a parent expert, Yeah. but yeah, that's, that's a like, yeah, that was just a, a, a funny situation that happened yesterday. It's just it's such a reminder of how that can like easily creep up. But that's like, I obviously wasn't hungry, mm-hmm. but there was this thought pattern of like, I also don't think I was in emotional state either. It was just like a habitual like, see That's it. the brain, right? The brain yep. going back to the fastest, most automated way to spend less calories on a decision. For sure. Um, yeah. But Don't the win is, but the win there is for everybody listening, it's not to get, be perfect on the other end. And, and this is what I often say. So after my main program, I have a thing called the consistency club and it's, it's not, the idea of that is actually not built on the consistency of healthy choices per se. It's consistently getting back up. And so yeah. what you did there is the win, which is, it came into my awareness and I altered my behavior. Yeah. And that's the win. Consistently finding yourself in a situation. It might be before the food. It might be during the food. It might be after the food. The, the alarm bell will go off at some point. And the more experienced you get, the sooner in the process it will go off. And it's responding to that with a different response than you've done in the past. 
And that's really what you're trying to achieve. And I'm talking, you know, you, I know you know this, but like just highlighting to people that the goal of emotional eating work is not to necessarily be, you know, the perfect Instagrammer that lives a salad full, you know, full life kind of thing. It's just being able to navigate emotions because even that Instagrammer has emotional stuff come up um, and has situations like you had. And the same, same for me. I've had that before too. But it's like, oh, I was just totally on autopilot, just not present at all. Um, and yep, now I've got food in my hand and then it's, you know, the same process of being like, all right, Maddie, you literally teach this stuff. Come on. <laughs> yep. What am I doing? Yep. Come on. Yeah. Put it yes. back down. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Cause that's, that's really true. Like I am far from perfect. Like I've done mm-hmm. so much work with this, but it it is like, for me, that is the definition of the success is not mm-hmm. exactly that, like not being perfect all the time. Cause that's never going to happen. And it's just yeah. going to cause more anxiety and stress, but how quickly mm-hmm. I get back up. This is in all areas of my life. Like something goes wrong somewhere or have an argument or something like I don't act in the way that I normally would like to or my higher self. And, you know, like how quickly do I rectify? How quickly do I apologize or to myself or someone else or, you know, get back on track? Like I know so many people, right. Say go away from vacation. And this happens to me. This actually was a couple of weeks ago. I didn't eat my best on vacation. I went camping. Like camping is like, come on. There's snacks. There's snacks. Okay. No, no beers. I'm not a beer, not a beer drinker. I would have been all over the beers. <laughs> you would have been in the cooler of beers. Okay. We're going to need a second cooler for you. Um, but yeah, like, you know, coming home from that being like, okay, back, back to normal, as opposed to like, well, forget it. I'm just going to keep binging for the, like, what's the point? Mm. I'm just going to, I'll start, I'll start fresh on July 1st. And like, you know, that was, that was my old mentality. And I know so many people like, you know, you have one bad day or one bad night where you're like, Oh, I binged on cookies last night or something. Mm -hmm. Like, can you just get back up and be and, and gentle and kind and loving with yourself. And like, I always like get, get my clients to just start getting super curious. Cause those moments when we cave or when we binge or we have an unhealthy moment, it is such a beautiful and gift opportunity to learn something. Right. Learning something like, oh, I didn't realize that loneliness was a big trigger for me or, oh yeah, I did talk to my mom on the phone last night and it threw me over the edge. Okay. There's Mm -hmm. some things there that I need to look at. So these symptoms, like you said, right. These are all symptoms that the binge eating, the emotional eating. So when we can start to become addicted to looking inward and being Mm -hmm. curious about like, what's really going on, like you said, the, the five lies or like why times five, <laughs> um, yeah, totally. you know, getting curious about like what, what's under the surface here and what's really going on. Yeah. And and, and the, the second part of that, I think would be ensuring like you, it's, it's kind of nice to have a list of options in your head that you could do instead. But if sugar is still the low barrier to lowest barrier to ent- entry solution, when you're triggered, tired and stressed, it'll be one of those things where you're like, I just keep doing it. So you've got to actively set up whilst you're not triggered uh, all of the, the the helpful tools and your environment. So knowing that at some point today or tomorrow or this week, you're going to feel like that again, because you're a human and that's okay. But you've got to set that environment up when you don't feel like that. So that when you're there, it's like, oh, I can see a few other options in front of me instead of being like, this is the time that I'm meant to do all of the really hard work and I can't be bothered and the sugar's just there. So I'm going to do that again. Right. And it's like when you learn how to argue with a partner, the worst time to do it is when you're triggered. <laughs> like you don't start using new tools when you need them to work, right? Or when you're tired. <laughs> yes. Or when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah. We've had some good ones at night and I'm like, why are we arguing? Like, let's go to sleep. We'll talk about what, it tomorrow. 
<laughs> so, so yeah, I think, yeah, just making sure that when we're not triggered, we can set those things up. Like, and loneliness for a good example is like, you know, making sure that you set up a hobby or set up a regular thing that you go and do. The trigger might not even happen if you start regularly seeing people, right? It's like, you know, cause you're getting that need met throughout the week or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, you got to set that environment up so that the, and, and you're talking about mums and food on the bench. One thing I get um, people to do is move all of the unhelpful food and we call it mood food. So it takes that kind of binary, good, bad label yeah. off it um, to a cupboard that they virtually never go into or that's not a part of their routine. Um, or it might be in another room. It might be somewhere else. So that's like out of sight, out of mind. And I think kids it has to be the same. Shouldn't be food on the bench. Um, yeah. There shouldn't be even healthy food on the bench. It yeah. should be yeah. eating when my body requires nutrition and the food lives in the fridge or the pantry or, you know, cupboard, whatever. Um, because yeah, if it's there, we, we can still emotionally eat apples. They're hybridized. They're unnaturally sweet. They're plenty of sugar. So it's, you know, you can still trick yourself into thinking you're making uh, a good decision and then eat seven apples in a day. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Ben could do that. He's the apple man. I rarely eat apples. <laughs> as soon as I stopped eating like oatmeal for breakfast, back when I thought it was like really healthy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't eat fruit anymore. Like I do. Yeah. I, I, I'll definitely have a, like a fruit snack, not a fruit snack, a fruit mm-hmm. as a snack. <laughs> Let's be clear. Um, <laughs> I used to live on fruit snacks. <laughs> I don't know if that's what you call them in Australia. Yeah, no, we've got those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once in a while I'll have it, but yeah, it's amazing how that just shifts. I'm like, Oh, I don't remember the last time I've eaten a fruit. Um, yeah. But I was going to uh, ask as well, apples. do you, do you see a lot of um, people that also kind of have this secret um, alcohol problem as well? Um, so in my experience, I have a lot of people come in and it takes a while of getting them to know them before, before we really uncover, okay, I can't let go of wine every single night. And there's a lot of shame and embarrassment around that. But yeah. I would say it's like seven to eight out of 10 of the people that have been through my program, that's a part of their thing, but they, it just took them a while to get honest with it. Um, yeah. So do you see a lot of that as well? <laughs> yes and no. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's probably because I haven't like, you know, we don't really go into that in the program as much, right. Mm -hmm. We're just focusing more on, um, you know, what's going on underneath versus what are we actually using to cope, you know? So, you know, we assume it's sugar in all of its forms, right. Whether that's Mm -hmm. alcohol or not. Um, but I, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I have seen Mm -hmm. it. I have definitely seen some of it. Um, and I, I would, like not be surprised if that was true, if it was seven or eight out of 10, yeah. you know, cause there's, you know, but when we, when we start understanding that alcohol is sugar, then I'm just kind of lumping that in the same, yeah. in the same, like, are you using sugar in whatever form it is, right? If it's a piece yeah. of bread or candy or wine, mm-hmm. um, you know, being really intentional with how we're losing, using that. And I'm saying this as a wine lover, I love wine. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love same, wine. Same. And Red I've been wine. in and out with my struggles with that too. Like it's so it's so ingrained in me as like a self-care tool or like celebration, treat yourself. yourself. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely like something that's, I'm still working through, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not perfect at, and, you know, I think those definitely go hand in hand. We've we've (laughs) talked a little bit and I want to like, I want to make sure that we both hit on this because this is like, you know, we've had such a good chat back and forth, but how do people navigate out? I know you've shared some super awesome tools that I'm like, I'm going to use, but for myself, for myself, no plagiarism for myself, but, um, uh, no, there's no competition here. <laughs> I love you. We've so had like, that how do we, yeah. How do we, how do we start, 
yeah, how do we actually, you know, how do you support your clients in, in like, you know, sh- shifting this pattern and getting out of the habit of emotional eating? Yeah. So in the beginning, like, um, it's that reflection on what the patterns that currently exist and figuring out why they exist and understanding yourself more. And then it's about building out a toolbox of alternative ways to manage your emotion, process emotion, become emotionally literate. Um, and then every time that situation arises, we get more and more familiar with it. It's more and more in our awareness. And we literally just start using alternative tools. So in the beginning, obviously, like I said, many situations we're unable to express the problem or the issue or, you know, our rage at the time. And so we, we still need to go through that cycle. Like we said, of like, instead of the sugar, it might be a hug or instead of the, the coffee and a muffin down at the cafe, it might be a walk around the block and a phone call to someone, you know, an alternative way to manage that until we can actually get to dealing with it. So yeah, the main thing is building out that toolbox and um, that also involves that toolbox also involves scripts to communicate to your social network um, your partner and how to phrase these things and literally practicing those scripts in the mirror. Cause a lot of people, you know, get to those situations on Friday night or at dinner time or whatever. And they kind of like, Oh, well, you know, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, I just want to kind of do it and <laughs> nothing really comes out. <laughs> right. Cause it's the husbands, particularly I've worked with a lot of women whose husbands are not on board and they're annoyed that they've spent money on yet another diet program. That's not going to work. And, uh, and some husbands that are just actively sabotaging, um, look, probably some couples counseling and divorce is necessary in some cases, but in most cases, it's just back to that communication piece, which is, um, and I really think communicating in regards to your wellness and coming from a place of truth, not just like, oh yeah, you know, just giving this one a go, you know, being like, I'm really, really sick of feeling awful in my body. Like, I don't know if you know, but like when I eat these foods, I actually go through a lot of pain. Um, you know, whatever it is for you and communicate it in, in regards to your wellness. And, and I'm really just trying to make my life better. And I want my kids to grow up healthy and, and have it like, it's like two minutes of really meaningful explanation for the people that you do. You don't have to explain yourself to anyone, but the reality is we are social creatures and we kind of do. Um, we've got to explain what's going on for us to be able to, you know, get the world around us to move in the right way. Um, and it, almost everybody should respond with fair enough. Okay, cool. You do you. Anyone that doesn't do that off the Christmas card list, gone. Yeah. They're Especially shit. If it's your husband, <laughs> no cards for yes. you. <laughs> like literally, if you talk about your wellness and in an honest yeah. way, you know, and somebody is like, idiot, <laughs> or yeah. like whatever, yeah. you know, it's just like piss off. Go out and need well, this in my space. <laughs> really starts to show you like who's there to show up for you, right? Like who are your real yeah. friends? I think this last, I mean, for me, definitely, I think we've talked about this outside, right? Of this, but like this last two years has really taught me some of the people in my life that don't really need to be in my life. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't really respect me and like honor my choices for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like it's a, it's a tricky one, right? When, when those are like yeah. maybe close people to you, I had a client who like had to do that with her sister and another one with her best friend, right? It's like people that you just mm-hmm. notice just can't support you where you need them to support you and don't, don't yeah. respect your choices, right? To do another program or, mm-hmm. you know, cause of their own shit, right? They've got their own ego going on, trying to like keep you where you are. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, but it's, it is really telling and a really great opportunity for you to start noticing who's really there to show up for you and who's trying yeah. to keep you unhealthy. Unconsciously, usually subconscious, unconsciously, subconsciously. I was joking with Ben yesterday. I was going to make a meme. I've reached a new state of consciousness. 
unconsciousness. <laughs> I was going to do a meme because I, I was like pretty sure I wanted to pass out in the sauna last night. I was in there way too long and did not have enough electrolytes. So I was like, I need more water. Right. I was like, I'm going to reach unconsciousness. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's the new, it's the new rage, everybody. Unconsciousness. It sounds enlightening. Where all the like 60 human beings are hanging out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, what do, yeah. what do you think? What do you think for walking out? Oh, the other thing I would say before I pass it back over to you, but it's just that it's a journey. It takes time. I'm really big on my mantra one tweak a week, like yeah. this stuff, you know, it's essentially an ide- identity transformation, which exactly. in some regards involves in step, it involves stepping into a new version of yourself and possibly grieving an old version of yourself or going through some kind of ego death, you know? Yeah. Um, and that stuff doesn't happen overnight. It happens one small step at a time, one sugary situation at a time, one evening of wine at a time, and just understand that this is a journey. We got here, usually everyone I talk to after 30 or 40 years of going one way. And now we're just like a couple of weeks into going a new way. So it's, it's going to take time and give yourself grace and, and space and acceptance in order for it mm-hmm. to be a journey that takes as long as it needs to take. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah. And this is where like you and I are just so radically different than the masses, right? Because <laughs> like we're, we're here. I mean, I, I, I know that I can say we, cause I know you really well, right. We're here to like really try to wake people up to this yeah. truth that there's no quick fix, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we get so addicted to the quick fix, right? Like, Oh, I'll help yeah. you, you know, lose a hundred pounds in 10 weeks. And like, nobody can guarantee that. Right. And this, when we start Exactly. Like when we start really getting into creating new neural pathways that have been there for 50 or 60 years, like it's going to take some time. And before you know it, one day you'll recognize, I remember, I remember like, you know, in my mind, like some of these moments where I like dealt with an emotion in a healthy way. And I remember being like, Oh, I'm doing it. Like all of a sudden, like you said, it becomes who you are, right? Like you start literally operating in a different way in a different you know, vibration and frequency. And like, you just start, you'll just start noticing one day that you're like, huh, I would have usually just eaten my, eaten myself into oblivion after a difficult argument with my mom. And look at me, I'm not, I'm actually out for a walk or I'm like, you know, having a bath or whatever it is, or having a dance, dancing it out or something. Right. So 
it's, it'll just happen one day. And it's really beautiful if you stay the course. And this is where like, you know, Maddie and I will both agree. Like it's so important to have community and the right guidance Mm. and the right, like I'm six years into this emotional journey and I still catch myself. Like there's still work (laughs) to be done. So there's new emotions and traumas that come up all the time because I'm looking for them. (laughs) It doesn't help. (laughs) <laughs> well, and even though those little, little wins, they feel little, like you should really celebrate them in a big way, because yeah. in order to create this new identity, your old identity didn't celebrate wins. You just focused on the negative things most likely. Totally. And, and right. And so literally in the beginning, it, when you do the thing and you're like, oh my God, I just went to the supermarket and didn't buy anything. And I'm not eating on the way home. You literally should just be like, Yes. Oh my God. This is amazing. So you feel literally when, you know, when you're happy and proud, you get the goosebumps and the tingle down your spine. You want to confirm to your nervous system that a really good thing has just happened. So that's like the, the actual physical, you know, um, neurological thing that needs to happen to confirm. It's kind of like that bridge between, you know, the, the emotions and the personality and like the actual hardware of your body. You need to tell the hardware that something good has happened so that your emotions can be like, Oh, this is, this is a safe space right? This is a good place to hang out. So I think it's, yeah, really celebrating the wins. And I had somebody jump on a consistency call last week and she was like, I literally just get on here because we talk about our wins and I don't do that anywhere else in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And how quickly are we to also downplay our wins? We're like, I have a lot of my clients that are like, no, it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Like, or yeah, I, I cried last week for the first time in 10 years, but it was like nothing else really happened. And I'm like, excuse me, you did what? Like, let's come back. To huge. <laughs> let's, let's just like rewind for a second. Cause what just happened? You like actually felt an emotion for the first time in 10 years. Like, mm-hmm. why are we not jumping with joy and celebrating that? Like that's yeah, that's such a huge piece as well that we need to remember. Mm-hmm. We start every week, every call in, in my program with, with that, like, what's your win? Like, it sounds like Same. you do that too. Like we're, yep. We're starting with a win because it's so our our old selves, right? The tendency is to go right into complaining or right into like, I'm struggling, right? And we'll never end up, we'll never feel like we're making progress because we're like always, there's always going to be a new level, a new thing to work towards. We're never, yeah. we're never there, by the way, in case anybody didn't know that secret. We're never there. There's no <laughs> final destination, <laughs> even death, depending on what you believe. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, remembering to celebrate actually helps you recognize that you're making progress. Right. And then you're like, Oh, I am changing. Or these things are working. I am improving. Oh, I am getting healthier. Right. If we don't, we're just always going to be the the goalpost is always being moved. Right. You lose that five pounds. Well, now I need to lose another five. Like it's never, how often do we just sit in that? Like I did it. I made it. Right. It's always like, what's next. So like, we need to, we need to honor that too. And we're amazing. And we need to remember that. Hundred percent. Just like we talked about creating space to to let the the pain and the uncomfortable and heavy emotions exist, we yeah. also need to create space to celebrate wins and positivity yeah. and acknowledgement. Um, yeah. Because yeah, they're both equally uh, important and worthy of acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a big way. Yeah. Uh, so coming back, uh, I'll share my two bits on that. <laughs> Obviously, there's like there's so many nuances, and it was so hard to for even for you, right, to have this conversation. But kind of. When it comes to like, how do we step out of emotional eating? Um, it sounds like we have a lot of similarity in this, um, mm-hmm. but maybe slight differences as well. So I kind of approach it from um, from two like two areas, two steps you can call it, and I will actually call them steps. Um, the first one is to learn to make friends with your feelings. So actually mm-hmm. feeling, 
And the second one is processing emotions. So mm -hmm. similar to what you're doing, you know, it's a step, step one. And I always, I have to hit this home a million times because it's so easy for us to want to get into this processing emotions because that's mm -hmm. doing something. I know how to do things. I want to do something different. I want to do a new habit. I want to go for a walk or like do yeah. something about this emotion to make it go away. So mm -hmm. I believe that that is like, that needs to wait. And we yeah. really need to spend a lot of time in the first stage to make friends with these emotions. So we know mm -hmm. that it's safe to feel stressed or it's safe to feel anxiety. It's safe to feel grief. It's safe to mm -hmm. feel sadness. So we have to first start like creating space in our day to tune in. Cause you're right. Yeah. Like we, we spend, and this was me. I was busy all the time. I used to joke mm -hmm. that it was genetically handed down from my dad because he's always puttering, <laughs> always doing something I'm like maybe, maybe, maybe there's some of that there, but it's definitely been patterned for me to like be busy all the time. Look busy, stay active to avoid my emotions, right? This is another <laughs> way that we avoid our emotions. So yeah. when you actually create space to slow down, you can actually hear your intuition. You can hear, you feel your emotions. So this is why so many people are agitated in loneliness because they're like, oh my God, I have nothing to do or boredom. That was my yeah. biggest trigger. Cause I'm like, I'm bored. Oh my God. That means I'm going to have to like feel something and like <laughs> hear myself. And that's a scary unknown place to be. So we need to start making friends with that space. So that's why I call it making friends with your feelings and, and actually booking in time, even if it's like five minutes a day, right. To just sit, it doesn't have not a meditation. It can be like sit outside with a cup of tea and look at the trees or, you know, go barefoot in the grass and, you know, whatever that like moment of peace and tranquility can be for you. Uh, maybe it's in the bathroom because that's the only place you get privacy from your kids or whatever it is <laughs> to just tune in and just check in with yourself. And, and as you progress through that, the goal is then to start practicing when an emotion comes up to pause with it, to, yeah. to hang out with it for a couple of minutes, take some deep breaths. Mm -hmm. Don't try to make it go away because this will be your immediate response will be, okay, I'm feeling stressed. And your mind will be like, how do I get out of it? How do I get out of it? Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. So it's about like just literally practicing day by day. I'm going to be with my stress. Like, well, mm -hmm. where does it, where does it feel in my body? Right. Why am I stressed? Yeah. Maybe if you want to, right. And just like getting curious about stress, right. Or anxiety mm -hmm. or whatever's coming up. So there's a whole lot of work to be done there. Like learning to slow down, learning to take that time to tune in, learning how to repattern these safety mechanisms and, and rewire our belief systems about emotions. Yeah. All that sort of stuff is kind of in that stage one. And then only then once you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm making some progress. Like when I feel emotional, I don't feel that escape, that mm -hmm. escape mechanism showing up as much, then yeah. we can absolutely start building in some processing techniques. So this is like the tools that you, sounds like very similar to you, right? Where we can start to build new patterns and habits for, okay, when these things come up, how can I support my body? So very big difference here that I want to highlight that I really preach is that there's a very big difference between processing an emotion and using some sort of healthy other habit to also numb out, mm -hmm. right? To escape the emotion. So we're not escaping yeah. and it's a fine line, right? There's like going for a beautiful nature walk while listening to a podcast, I would argue is escaping because you're not mm -hmm. with yourself. You're yeah. not in your body. You're not in your emotion. You're thinking about something else. You're distracting yourself. Yep, so think totally. as you're processing, are you distracting or are you being present in your body and with yourself? Mm -hmm. So there's so many ways, right? And each emotion is going to be different, you know, in how you want to process that. I'm a huge proponent of dance. We start all of our group calls with dance. I always put Amazing. on a dance party. We get in our bodies, we shake out whatever needs to be shake, shooken, shaked out anyway, <laughs> for the day. <laughs> yeah. And, um, 
you know, that's my feminine side as well. That's my main go-to tool. Um, mm-hmm. Using your voice is really powerful. I mean, there's so many things you can do, obviously connecting with nature, having a hug, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. And you have to start playing around. I always encourage my clients to start like, start a list of knowing your top, like trigger emotions. We all have some really major trigger ones. Like mine was always boredom. Most people mm-hmm. it's like stress or, you know, uh, loneliness or these sorts of things. So get clear on like your main trigger ones and start there. Yeah. And then start getting curious about like making a list of like, next time I'm stressed, what do I think could support me with that instead? Right. And mm-hmm. make a list. I actually have a whole PDF document in my program. That's like a hundred ideas of processing emotions, pick and choose, like what works for you. So there's so many ways to do it and there's no one right way, but it's about practicing what works for you. So mm-hmm. for some people like anger, right. For some people, you know, going to the gym and doing some boxing is really going to be helpful. Right. Uh, but for me, yeah. I enjoyed the rage writing. Right. Or I really enjoy like, actually for me, anger actually processes out really well with tears as well. Like I love to mm-hmm. cry when I'm angry or to go for a run. Um, those sorts of things really work for me. So Mm-hmm. You have to start experimenting with what feels good to me in these emotional states and then, and then start practicing it right over time, yeah. practice, continue being with your emotion. It's not like, Oh, I'm angry. I need to escape right away. We need to repattern mm-hmm. that. And, and then we can start supporting that energy to actually move out of us. Yeah. And the most frustrating yeah. part, I, I wonder if you've noticed this too. I know that we've both been on an emotional roller coaster for years, <laughs> supporting each other with that. But you know, one of the things that I've always struggled with was like, trying to rush the emotion, right? Like mm-hmm. say I'm going through grief, like when Ben's dad passed away and I was like, oh, I'm tired of grief. Like I've felt it, I've cried. Why is it still here? It's been a week. Like, why is it still here? Go away. So we can be doing all the right things. And sometimes yeah, yeah. like I have to joke, right? An emotion has its own timeline and we can't rush it. You can't be like, okay, I'm gonna have a good cry and then it's gonna be gone. Like, yeah. unfortunately <laughs> we can't, like this is where we have to trust and surrender and like, Sometimes those big emotions, they need some space. And sometimes the emotion might not even be current. It might be like, I'm feeling sad because my dog passed away yesterday, but now it's bringing up sadness from my whole childhood. (laughs) And yeah, totally. And it's all coming out. So we have to be patient with that. Um, I know that's something I always struggle with because I'm like, hurry up. Like I cried. (laughs) It should be gone. Have you ever? I don't want to feel like this anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I'm done. This sucks. It's funny as you were talking there too, like, um, so I've got a pro- program running at the moment. We're in the early half. So mine, and maybe this is where our stuff is a little bit different is that I have about half psychology. So we do the mind and then we go to the nutrition, the gut health, the body stuff. And so in the first half, because everyone's conditioned to diet culture, it's like, Hey Maddie, what, what should I have for breakfast? Or what should I have here? How should I eat this? What do you think yeah. of this? And what I do every time we run this program for the first few weeks is we're doing the mind stuff. We're doing the mindset and your, your ego and your brain is looking for the fastest way to do the least amount of work, which is Maddie, just tell me what to do. Yeah. And the whole point of this work is that we're bringing all of this out of the unconscious. We're bringing it all out of, you know, the parts of the brain that are automated back into awareness to do the work. So if we get, if we jump to how can I automate this process as fast as possible, no progress will happen. It will just be a thing you tried one time. It'll be on the list of diets that don't work. You know, so it's like, yeah, I, I I get that with people too. It's like escapism, essentially. Tell me what to eat, right? Yeah. It's like, hang on, no, we've got to do the really conscious work before we get to being conscious about the healthy food. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that too. I, I don't think our programs are that different with that. Like we spend a solid four weeks 
mm-hmm. before going off sugar. Like I do do a detox period support in, in gotcha. my program. So we do like, we get deep into like what's really going on and how we want to show up and all the like deep stuff before we even talk about, and I get the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, what's the meal plan and, and what's the, like all the, the 3d questions, right. The external yeah. environmental factors, that's the easy stuff to do. So yeah. we're going to start with the hard stuff. Cause that's really where change comes from, right. When we start thinking and believing and feeling differently, we don't, and, and I'm so passionate about this. This is like very much the focus of my program is, is learning to really be in your own power and trust your body again. Right. Mm -hmm. So then, and I'm willing to bet you notice that too, like after you do the mindset stuff, people don't need to answer, ask you a question anymore. Right. They're like, I know what's right for me. Or like, I'm going to eat what feels like based off of what I know, right. From all this amazing nutritional information, like I'm going to try different recipes for breakfast, or I'm going to figure out what works for me, not what's going to work for Maddie. Right. So it's like, really, I think we're both on that, that mission to help people step back into their power. We've outsourced our health for our whole lives. Like the doctor knows what's good for me. This magazine and documentary knows how I should eat and what's going to make me feel the best. And it's such a lie. We all need different things and we need to figure out what works for our unique selves. Same with this emotional eating process. Like it's so black and white, nothing is. And we need to stop looking for that quick answer and, and learn how to tune back in and listen to our own intuition, our own body. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people go against what their body's telling them, right? Because oh, of some sorry. sort of, some sort of documentary they saw that told them they have to do X, Y, and Z. Like yeah. eat kale all day long. And you're like, oh, kale, oh, my body. <laughs> I'm going to eat kale because somebody told me to eat kale, right? Yeah. I'm growing kale right now in my garden. It's not doing well. <laughs> it's not growing. I may not be eating kale. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Into it. yeah yeah yeah. well and yeah i agree fundamentally all of this stuff is learning to trust self and self intuitively knows what's right um but we've just silenced it for so very long um and yeah i think it's important also to you know like not mix up trauma and and intuition as well like is that that there's a whole whole other conversation like because it's good to trust your intuition but um your intuition was also cultivated in the same environment that your trauma happened, right? So you can have some gut feelings about things that are based on a traumatic past. Um, and so, which is, you know, the art of separating your true intuition and trauma. Yeah, interesting way of looking at it. I, I kind of disagree, but it might just be my definition of intuition. Because mm-hmm. when I think of my intuition... And that's interesting because that is a big word that can probably have multiple meanings, right? But when I think of it, I'm thinking of that deep connection with my inner truth and my higher self, which was Mm -hmm. not created through trauma. That Mm -hmm. is like my soul, essentially Mm -hmm. my soul's voice is like what is right for me at such a deep, like intuitive level, like my, Mm -hmm. my, my true higher self, uh, Mm -hmm. which is beyond, you know, from the moment I came onto this earth, that was, that was there, that, that truth. Mm -hmm. And like my, my inner deep knowing of like what I need to do and what I need not to do. But you're right. Like, of course, trauma can come through as like, you know, it's going to come through in that belief system. It's going to come through our patterns. It's going to come through in emotional responses to things. So Mm -hmm. we do definitely, you know, not rely on those things, right. We have to be careful to for totally. sure. Like, Oh, okay. This thing makes me feel angry. I shouldn't do it. Well, wait, like, is that real? Or is it, has it been a conditioned response from a trauma situation? Yeah. Which, which is the art of like learning to tease them apart and comes all the way back around to where we started about developing self-awareness and like 
is this real hunger? Is this yeah. really how I feel of it about this, yeah. you know? Yeah. So is that like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like now might be a good time to sort of wrap things up. Like, what would you say mm-hmm. would be some places for people to start or some takeaways? You, I mean, you were just kind of starting to list that, which made me think of that question, right? Like <laughs> for people now, I mean, obviously we talked about a lot, you know, what are some, what are some pieces that people can take away and maybe start with, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, start getting in, in curious and some tools, maybe I know you shared a lot, but. Um, DanielleDame.com. Yes. Yes. MaddieLansdown.com. <laughs> Brand new website. It's beautiful. <laughs> Check out Maddie's new website. It is beautiful. Don't look at mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, both of those are great places to start. Um, I've got a bunch of articles on there and you've got a heap of content as well. So th- that's good. Obviously my podcast, your podcast, um, but tangibly in one's physical reality in the 3d life that you are living, um, making space, understanding that this takes practice, Um, and it doesn't mean that you need to be like, all right, for eight hours, every Saturday, these are literally two minute things. And I think a really good space to start is just like you do with your clients is pause before you eat, like just for 10 seconds, like consciously make the decision to eat. Like that's a, that's a really, really good start, um, thing to start practicing. And because you're bringing consciousness into what you're doing with food, that'll start to go out into other areas and you'll, you'll start picking up on like, Oh, this is how I show up for that. Or this is how I engage with that. Or I didn't even realize that that's been happening for 15 years. Um, and, and I think that's a really low barrier to entry place to start. Um, and even if what you uncover, and I talk with my clients a lot about this in that conscious moment, even if you uncover that you're not do about to do something very helpful, um, it's not, it's not always, we shouldn't judge it. We shouldn't, it's not yeah. always a thing to, that has to be interrupted. Um, and it might be like, I'm emotionally eating right now. I'm a, responding to this situation. Um, and the, the, the little win in there um, is the fact that you've got the awareness. And that's, that's where we start. A lot of the times, once you've got this knowledge, you catch yourself in the middle of the shit <laughs> and you're like, damn it, I learned about this. I know this stuff. But actually what I'd love you to do is change that story and be like, it's happening right now. All right. I see what's going on now, you know, and that real curiosity of like, I get it. So yeah. next time when it happens, I'm going to give something different a go, right? Rather, because if you start beating yourself up, the whole self-sabotage loop just continues as it always has. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, that's a really, really easy place to start. What about you? What do you think? So good. Ditto. Ditto, everybody. Ditto. <laughs> Yeah, that's I call that like loving curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. And I observe that too myself. Like I'm making a a poor choice right now, but that's okay to still make that choice. Like that awareness is so, because mm-hmm. what's not like automatically going to happen is the more you are in that moment of awareness, like, Oh, I'm choosing to emotionally eat right now. Then it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you're going to notice like tomorrow, maybe you do it one last time than you did yesterday. Maybe you actually like make a better choice. Like, Oh, I'm emotionally eating. I'm going to go for a walk instead. And you direct, you direct. Right. And then the next day you end up doing it twice. And then before you know it, like that's your norm. You're, you're doing that more than you're, you're turning to the food. So you're like, that pause is so powerful. And, and over naturally that awareness of -hmm. what you're doing is going to create you and cause you to make different choices in the future. Um, Maybe not in the moment. And yeah, sometimes you may still choose. Like I totally still sometimes choose to, to numb out on Netflix and I'm like, I don't want to deal with this right now. Um, I'm Netflix and like, (laughs) I'm having a glass of wine and I'm Netflixing tonight, but I'll be back to this later. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And that's okay. You know, if you're doing it with intention and love for yourself, you know, I think all of this coming back to, to like how much of what we do is really 
fueling the fire of self-hatred and diet mentality and, mm-hmm. and this war that we have against ourselves. And yeah. I, I always love like opposing this to my clients, in my program, like, how's that working? Like we look at the state of our world and health, like we've been like restricting and, and binging or, you know, restrict and binge and, and guilting ourselves and trying to do all these diets and shaming ourselves and willpowering ourselves into like being healthy for a month. And it's clearly not working. Like clearly there is a different way. Like, I feel like a lot of my clients are just like done with this fight, right? It's like always fighting against your body, fighting against food. And it's like, what if we could approach this journey to health with love and acceptance Mm. and gentleness and more feminine energy and Um, I've seen that be such a more supportive way to live because ultimately we know how, how harmful stress is for the body as well. Mm -hmm. I would say it's probably better to eat a brownie a day than to like not sleep and be stressed all the time. Right. Like those things are super toxic. Eat the brownie, (laughs) sleep really well and don't stress about it. You're going to like, look at Italy, right. They drink wine and eat pasta all day. And they're so relaxed because they don't like stress themselves out. They take three hours off in the afternoon. I think we should start that here as well. Um, (laughs) Bring them back. Yes. 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 Um, anyway, yeah, there's so many other factors to this, right. And it's not all about like never eating junk food. I definitely eat junk food and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really that relation to it and how you're approaching it that helps it assimilate, helps it get flushed out, helps it actually be dealt with in the body instead of like being this extra stress response. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So Amazing. that's, yeah, I pretty much just ditto what you, what you said <laughs> and be curious. Right. And, and, um, start writing this down, like even start connecting with like, you know, sitting with yourself and checking in with what do I feel in my body? Right. If you mm-hmm. can't label emotions yet, like really starting at ground zero with that, keep a journal, yeah. like just get curious and, um, and then, you know, hang out more with Maddie and I, and we've, yeah, we've definitely got lots of resources to help you kind of take those next steps and, Um, Totally. We're both here to support you with that. This is, yeah, this has been so fun. Thanks. Thanks for recording this. Thanks for being willing to record. This is awesome. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been really good to just hash this conversation out. And I love that we recorded it. You know, the first time we've had it, we recorded it. So yeah, I was like, oh boy, I don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to, are we going to argue? No, (laughs) it would have been possibly entertaining. (laughs) It would have. I I was kind of hoping, I was like, I hope Maddie says something that just fires me up. But (laughs) Let's dig for some stuff. We might be able to put together some good episodes. <laughs> yeah, we might have to do something else. We're we're two on the same page with this, which obviously tells something, right? Like we're both coming at this from a different angle, but coming to very similar conclusions about like how we navigate out of this. And um, I think that's really powerful to see um, as yeah, well. Absolutely. We must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> we're giving it a red hot crack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, our clients think so. I mean, all the people that made through my program, you know, definitely like, you're doing something right. So Yeah, there's wisdom to this. And Maddie and I have been both been doing this and helping helping women with this for years now. So we have Mm -hmm. the proof. It's not just our own lived experience that, you know, we've seen this work in action and it's pretty, pretty life changing um, and fuels fuels my soul. Definitely doing this work and yeah, having conversations with you, of course, fuel my soul, too. Likewise. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for thanks for tuning in to this little chitty chitty chat. And uh, (laughs) I'll see you next week, Maddie, probably. You definitely will. I'll be there. Yeah. All right. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. How amazing is Danielle Dame? 
I can't wait to actually meet her in person one day. And it's so strange to say that one of your closest friends is someone you've never seen the legs of. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? You've never seen many of the people you see on Zoom all the time. You've never seen their legs. How interesting. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or family member or in your social media stories and give us all a tag because it's good to know the wider community of people that are a part of this mission that we're pursuing to help everybody change their lives. And if you wish to inquire about my emotional eating and body confidence program, scroll down to the show notes below and get in touch with me there so we can begin the work that needs to be done. And I'll be there to hold your hand every step of the way because that's what accountability and support is. All right. We'll catch you on the next episode and I hope to see you in the DMs. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.